Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. Hot Takes is a story stream podcast where we see new movies. Most of the time, they're new, and we we don't we don't talk about it. We just we are silent until we reconvene at the microphone and then dive into the film and really really chew at it. Uh, today, we saw a little movie called Sorry to Bother You, directed by Boots Riley, starring... Hold on, I had his name up. Don't let me, I'll do it. Uh, Laketh... <laughs> Damn it! Jeremy, do it. That was, how, that, was, how, that was the worst pronunciation. Yeah, I got Lekith? Lekith? You Lekith. could not Lekith. have said that anymore, wrong. Is he, is he Jewish? A, he's not Jewish. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't assume. Lakeith. Uh, Say it with us. Lakeith. I get a little nervous sometimes. Stanfield. Lekith. What if we're Stanfield. both wrong? We've only done this 140 times. Well, I haven't said that name 140 times. Oh, I said it. I Joining practice. me today Stand is, in the mirror. Uh, Lakeith, is Lakeith, a cast Lakeith, of young Lakeith. boys. I'm your host, Robert Anderson. I don't know if I mentioned that. I'm joined by... Lakeith Stanfield. Jack Holojetsky. Brian Castellano. Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> Brian Castellano. Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> we done fucked it now, boys. It's all weird. So, yeah, we just saw this new movie. Uh, I was very, this is a very, like, anticipated movie that was on my list. I was very excited to see this trailer for it. I thought it was kick-ass. I'm not sure where you guys stood, but, uh, I really enjoyed it. What did, what did you guys think? Excellent. Liked it? Oh, yeah. Brian? I, I, I'm bewildered I saw a movie like this in, like, the best way possible. I completely agree. Jack? That was a wet and wild time. It was wet and it was wild. And, uh, I think, I don't want to be too... I don't want this take to come out too hot, but that's definitely on my short list for my favorite movie so far. I was going to say, this might be my favorite movie of the year. That doesn't mean a lot coming from you, though, Robbie, because I've heard you say that like a dozen times this year. What if I give you Sorry to Bother You, Endless, and um, I'll give you Black Panther for free. You've also said Incredibles 2. One of. Okay. You've also said... That's all it's coming from to yeah, me for that's now. Right, that's this I is thought. definitely the best movie. It's, I saw it's a fucking year. good movie, man. There we go. It's, like re- it's really good. It's super weird. Super I, original. Very original. I think that's like the strongest part about the movie. I have some criticisms when we get into like the later act of the movie because there's like a, a strange twist that happens, but we'll get to that in spoilers <laughs> I, for sure. I, the thing I want to say, like before anything else, like if you're at all interested in this movie, do not go on the internet. Don't talk to your friends about it. Don't go on the internet. Like, try to go into this movie as blind as possible, mm-hmm. and it you will benefit your your viewing experience will benefit from you knowing next to nothing about this movie. I would almost say, as good as the trailer is, don't watch the trailer. You don't even the yeah. trailer is really good, but this it almost like doesn't do the actual movie justice. I, yeah, I don't like, think that the trailer necessarily gives anything away. It gives like, away some jokes, sure, sure. but it, but like. Going in completely blind to this movie is the best way you can do it, and you will have the best time. It really, that way. It, it so far is probably like one of the strongest, strongest films of the year. I actually, I saw Boots Riley tweet like a week or two ago, like specifically to, like to, this week, to, or was it earlier this yeah. week, where he was just like, "Yo, if you're a critic, anything, please like don't put spoilers in your title for the article," which has become like my biggest pet peeve yeah. for pretty much any. Any, like, website that writes up media, especially movies. It's like, especially bad with the fucking Marvel movies. The Marvel movies are the worst. Like, the shit about the after credits from Ant-Man was in article titles, like, Thursday night, Friday morning. It's like, yeah. can... I said this during our Ant-Man yeah. podcast, but, like, can you give me 24 hours to see a movie before you do that? Yeah, you just, And, like, like I'm dreading that that's going to happen to Sorry to Bother You, because, like, you just, you just want to go in fresh yeah. to this one. 
But let's uh, let's pull. I almost feel like we're we're getting too too deep in the waters already with what happens later. But let's get some general impressions out of the way. How do we feel about uh, just kind of like performances, tone, music? How do we feel about kind of those like bare bone things about the movie? Um, well, it's direction from our new new director writer Boots Riley, a uh, who is primarily a musician, right? And I think that shows. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do how do I how do I put this I, into words? I, I got it. Um, yeah. You can you can stew a little bit because I I think I've put it into words. I think, and it's it's lazy to make direct comparisons, but I think what this movie is doing is making a lot of commentary politically and socially through the means of genre. Um, in this case, the genre being absurdist comedy and sci-fi in a way that we had a lot of conversations about the way Get Out used the genre of horror to make political commentary. Yeah. And I think this movie is is layering a lot of things about labor and just life in America that's been like extrapolated out to I I would say absurdist, but like life in America the current state and time right now is like becoming more and more absurdist itself every day. So like it's not even making that much of a stretch. Like this is inherently a sci-fi movie, but like it, for the most part, is pretty grounded, except just taking American culture to its most extreme. Um, which again, like American culture is getting more and more extreme by the day. So it's like not even that much of a stretch in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really like using the genre of comedy to talk about these things in, I think, really smart, like salient, poignant ways. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, like, you know, I think uh, really genre-heavy movies kind of use the strengths of their genres to, like, educate. Like, I kind of talk about that in that article I wrote about Get Out, where, like, horror kind of conveys, like, a basic lesson and a basic thing to you, but it makes you... It's kind of like an anxiety. It makes you learn about that. Well, it conveys empathy in the mm-hmm. way that it makes you feel strongly for the things that the yeah. characters are going through, and if it puts you in the boots of characters that are going through something that you have not experienced yourself that is conveying empathy mm-hmm. and that's what horror is strongest at yeah let me hear from the from you boys over here just from a filmmaking point of view uh for a comedy this film was just is just phenomenal mm-hmm. especially when com- when you compare it to um to past comedies of this year especially like game night or blockers yeah which which doesn't really do much in terms of slapstick, right? It's it's not even that. It's just like using the language of film Mm -hmm. for, for to tell stories and and to, um, and to tell jokes. Those movies don't really do that, but uh, sorry to bother you does that in such like an immaculate way in terms. it, It uses editing. It uses lighting, color, and, and just like, just general cinematography. The too. movie has a, a style, but it also oh. feels very like laxed and casual for a lot of it. It's so it just feels so cool. Yeah, cool. It, it, cool is, is so a very cool. good way to describe it for sure. Brian, do you have any anything you want to throw into the conversation? I I went into this movie like barely even remembering the trailer. Good. Like I just remember <laughs> that the, the main actor, uh, Lakeith. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, he's Darius in Atlanta, and I love yeah. Atlanta. And Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta is so good, and also his little role in Get Out. He is, is in Get Out, well. he yeah. Is, and this also re- reminded me of Get Out in some places. It's kind of like but, Get Out and Okja, like got in the blender a little bit, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's it's in a way political satire plus you know <laughs> absurdism and and yeah. But I didn't know uh, it, what this movie was going to be. I didn't know if it was like 
uh, surrealist comedy or just a straight comedy or yeah, like a drama it comedy. It's kind of between genres throughout the film. Yeah. Pretty hard in some ways later. And, but um, it balances it so well. Agreed. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like the strangest movie I have ever seen, but it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. yeah. It's not harsh. It's not like, I'm not like trying to like figure it out. It and, feels like someone's first movie in a way. Because, like, yeah. I think it feels like a filmmaker trying something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, you know, I think when you watch, like, student films, like, however amateur some of them might be, and not calling this movie amateur, it's, it's very good, very it's, well It's tight. It's very well produced. It's a very well produced movie. But I think with, like, kind of student films or, like, kind of freshman runs with a lot of movies, like, you see people just kind of try stuff they've seen in other movies and put things together and, like, throw things out there. Trying to be David Fincher, Tarantino. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, you know, Boots Riley... You can definitely tell he's like he's, he's paying homages to other films. He is aware of like film as a medium, and he, and he's using it to its like fullest potential. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie kind of exists in the concepts and the political uh, commentary that it, that are within this movie are for the most part very real and tangible in our existence. Mm-hmm. But the movie exists in this kind of warped, almost alter reality where it feels like. There's onlookers to this world that are mm. just like controlling it, kind of like um, rubber. N- not not like rubber, more more like. Uh, I feel like rubber is more like. What's the Jim Carrey movie where he's in the show? Oh, Truman Show. The Truman, Truman Show. Show. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely get like an era of Truman yeah. Show. Yeah, where like it doesn't it quite exists in our reality, but it gets it, it has it enough could. where it's yeah. relatable it's, to it's us. It's adjacent I, to us, but it's also because yeah, it's like I, really. Pointing at a, a part of American society and kind of blowing it up. aggressively, but I, yeah. I also think if you like look at the trajectory that American society is on right now, like a lot of the things that it's doing are yes, still absurd, but like not that outside of the realm of no. possibility in a lot of ways. No, there's like a there's a commentary that's very poignant for right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's it's using hyperbole in a lot of ways to talk about these mm-hmm. things, but it's using hyperbole as a comedic device to talk to like break these things down. And a lot of the things that they're talking about, you know, is kind of tried and true ground. Like it is kind of the rags to riches, but through that losing everything that's actually important to you mm-hmm. kind of yeah. story. And it's <clears throat> telling that through like, you know, the mechanisms of labor and and strikes um, and uni- unionization and trying to make your way, you know, in a world that is like the odds are not in your favor to like make it in a capitalist society. Especially as a black man. Especially exactly, yeah. and it's 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 talking about race and like existing as a black person in America, um, which are all themes that have been explored before. But I, it's layering them all on top of each other and then surrounding that in the this crazy sci-fi absurdist comedy world that it exists in mm-hmm. in a way that just makes all of that feel super fresh i mean i think it's safe to say that we're having like a renaissance in kind of like uh you know people like people of color directors and writers kind of talking about what like the condition of a person of color is in america in film between get out black panther and sorry to bother you like these films are just incredible and like really like you know have their finger on the pulse of like the conversations that should be happening and should be happening in movies by these and, and at the same time these black these black filmmakers aren't afraid to get weird oh like, yeah you know? and yeah. also they have like really great style and do amazing well, things and, on, with the camera and know? they're doing some really unique things with genre as well I yeah. mean like get out with horror Black Panther with the, the superhero, superhero genre and yeah. then this with, with comedy mm-hmm. and sci-fi in a way uh, it's yeah 
it's it's a really unique thing, and it's it's. I almost felt like the this movie referenced both those movies, Black Panther and Get Out. Especially you know Get what? Out in the later. Yeah. And, yeah, there's yeah, definitely yeah, some shared DNA. And of Get Out is yeah, very absolutely. much in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and there's, there's certain DNA of Atlanta in there as well, especially sure. of a particular episode. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree yeah, with that as well. I totally agree. Oh, I'm the only one here that hasn't seen Atlanta Yo, yet. I don't have Hulu. I really want to watch Atlanta. Atlanta I don't have. Rent it on uh, Amazon or buy it on Amazon. It's probably like twenty bucks for the whole season. That is actually a pretty good idea. So I do with. Or it, I'm sure. Well, you well, you gotta watch season one first. Cause season two is I think is still on the FX website. Season two, yeah, season two is not on Hulu yet, but season one is on Hulu. Plug for Atlanta. Watch it. It's very good. Anyway, anyway this this movie kind of reminds me. It reminds me of a lot of things, but it in terms of movies, it kind of reminds me of Be Kind Rewinds. Yeah, oh, I feel, I feel a deep cut. Okay. yeah. Where where it's it kind of lives in like a silly like fun movie, but also tries to get you to think and like have Ooh. an actual emotional embrace of like yeah outside of just all the laughs and the and the jokes that are coming. The movie is very fun, and I think later it gets a little less fun, or there's like more breaths between fun, which I think um, yeah. Is a choice, but I'm not sure if I love the choice. And we'll again, sorry to kind of dance around it, but we'll get more into it when we do our spoilers. You need section. the breathing room, though. Yeah, I think I, I think if there was more breathing room throughout, I would have welcomed that a little bit more. But the thing is, the movie, the first two acts of the movie are so fucking tight. It's Mamma Mia, so good. I love it. Yeah, I felt <laughs> that too. I felt you definitely like. It's not that I was enjoying the third act less, but it is a lot less fun. It's but I think it's little, on purpose. It's yeah, yeah, I think it's on purpose too, and I think that's why I mean. Uh, I say it more as a choice and not more of like a... I don't as they, a, as they, a flaw. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, know? the characters inherently are having less fun in the third act. Yeah, it earns, yes. it earns <laughs> the shift that we felt. Yeah, I think Agreed. so. No, yeah. I totally agree. And I th- I'm sure we all have examples that we can point to it later. Um, how do we feel about like the direction and performances of the film? Again, Boots, Boots Riley's like, kind of first run. Obviously, when it comes to social commentary, tone, things that kind of come off the page, he nails it. But how do we feel about direct, like his direction... Of the movie and how we feel about the actress performances. Boots Riley uses the camera and colors and sound as like a playground mm. of of sorts. And he just like, you know, he breaks some rules while very much staying in, in those rules without without like spoiling any specific stuff. Yeah. But he just has so much fun framing the characters mm-hmm. and using using the camera for for humor and to like and to like visually uh, express how the characters are feeling and what they're going through yeah and and a way, how it like it captures like a very real impoverished Oakland mm-hmm. but still it still feels like otherworldly in yeah. a way I think it also kind of shows like I think you know places like Oakland and even like California in general like there's like really big like wage gaps there yeah and I think that this movie kind of shows like what a wage gap with the character can look like and i think it does it like really well it even like transformatively in some parts you know yeah I, there's so many shots where the characters that we're paying attention to are doing something on screen and then shit is just popping off oh yeah like, I, this is definitely a movie that will benefit from multiple viewers i can't wait to watch it again it's like airplane final, i want the blu-ray yeah, give I, want the VHS give tape. Give I don't the care just give it to me i want the t-shirt Right. How do you, how do you buy feel the fucking t-shirt, that? man? Buy the fucking t-shirt. I bet it's going to be a good-looking t-shirt. I felt like the the performances were uh, extremely believable mm-hmm. with the hyper 
disjointed reality yeah, and that it's all the insanity they all feel very real characters yeah, yeah like there's some out there's some crazy stuff in this movie and mm-hmm. the way the characters play it off was believable and i like that because i it, it didn't get too goofy yeah where it, it was like is this really happening or is mm-hmm. this all in his head or something like that you kind of it, you don't it doesn't matter it, doesn't, it just yeah. kind of that's that's the absurdist and, nature and, of it is yeah. that they don't draw too much attention to the things that don't really make any sense. It's, it's yeah. a problem I have with a lot of other comedies because a lot of like other comedies have something really silly mm-hmm. but point out, look how silly this is. Yeah. Shading, you know, it's it's like, sh- this is so insane. Isn't that funny? It's like you're. it's a fine line when that works really well and then sometimes as an audience member you're just like all right, what the fuck kind of trick are you trying to pull on me right well, now? You know? That's that's why I specifically use the word absurdist because it's the same thing with the lobster, yeah, you know, or you know the other the the Yorgos Lanthimos movies that use absurdism mm-hmm. within genre where it's just this is how this is. All the characters here know that this is how it is, and they're not surprised by it, and they're not drawing attention to it because. That is how their world exists. Maybe it's just like a personal preference, but I just find that so much funnier. It's so much funnier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... uh, When you draw attention to... A joke is funnier when you don't draw attention to it. Exactly. You just let the joke exist. But in the surreal world, you can really blow up the joke in really fun visual ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's... I think... You know, it's like an old Zucker Brothers movie, it's like, like, like old Airpl- Zucker Bros. Yeah, yeah, like Airplane or the Naked Guy. Ab- no, but absolutely, yeah, I love Airplane. Even though I tried watching it the other day, and I'm like, this movie might be a little racist. It's yeah, well, it's a little bit. It's, it's from a, it's yeah. a, from it's a, a different, different time. time, but it's still, you know, it's a good movie. A lot of the jokes still land. For sure. Hey, hey. That's the kind of hey. I had to sneak one in there. There he is. Yeah. Um, so I think we all are pretty itching to talk about. Uh, Everything else, <laughs> I'd say yeah, so. I, don't, I don't even want to like go too deep into any of the how I feel about the performances, like specifically, because there's some stuff in there that I feel like I don't want to say specifically about the performances. Yeah, I was, was kind of teetering. Yeah, you definitely no, no, totally could hear you dancing around <laughs> a little bit, and like yeah. you know, there are let's say layered character performances going on here. You could say yeah. that uh, yeah. that are really really fun that I liked very very much for sure. But even just you know from like the the like front-facing perspective like i really thought uh lakeith stanfield did a fantastic job he's a real rising star he is a he was a excellent lead actor i thought tessa thompson supporting him was really she was really great i like her and just about she is also a huge i don't she's she's like already taking over hollywood yeah she's i don't know how she has the time to be in as much rising she is in the stratosphere she is up there Yeah. yeah and she did a great job um I thought Army Hammer's role was really, really good. Also, it was he brief, played but, that, but perfect. But yeah, he. I mean, I I knew that Army Hammer was in this movie, and I expected his role to probably be pretty minor. But like, there was more of him than I expected. Yeah, and I was grateful for all of it because mm-hmm. his role is just really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And then there's some other supporting roles in there that I, I don't know the names of the actors offhand. I think we'll be able to figure out. But uh, I can some, probably name them off. There's some <laughs> uh, the manager. Uh, oh, like him. Tattoo. We'll talk about it. Let's talk about it in yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, I don't know if you guys can tell, but we recommend seeing this movie fucking now. Just yeah, go. 100%. It, man. Yeah, it. it's really wild. It's still in theaters. Oh, and hopefully it'll be there for a minute. It'll uh, be it'll be a new experience you've never for seen many a, people. You've never seen a movie like this before. Yeah, I, I know I've never seen a movie like I, this it's, before. It almost feels like if Tim and Eric wanted to make a movie that was 
less <laughs> like straight. Was more like yeah, mm. played it straight yeah. more so. Like it is, it is that kind of weird because like the the thing that I keep seeing about this movie is it's like people say like it's one of the weirdest movies you've ever seen. Yeah, and it's not the weirdest movie I've ever seen, but it like it, it plays it straight mm-hmm. in a way, but still mm-hmm. has that sort of that kind of style of humor. It, it's it's strange in the fact that like I can't believe how well it all works together. Yeah, like I was I was watching this movie and I was just my mouth was open because I couldn't believe <laughs> at how uh, like I didn't know what I was getting there's, into. There's uh, some jokes happening. You're just like, oh my god. Yeah, it it went is, there. It is yeah. like a, a you know late late Jenga game kind of like layering of all kinds mm-hmm. of weird shit that should not be able to be balanced in the way that this is, but yeah. like it just works. The, t- the tension of this movie goes from comedy, or it's like comedy and horror, like slowly fighting inching for the together, yeah. inching together very, very slowly and nicely, not like big ones over the other. Mm. It's just like, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. And right. yeah. Let's, 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 let's get into it. Let's, let's, let's get into it. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this first half where we don't talk about who dies. Uh, come back <laughs> in the second that half. That bit is over. It's, we've killed well, it. It's done. We, it probably, that bit has died. Spoilers. Well, well, it won't happen immediately, but I'm sure at some point in the conversation, you'll find out who dies. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, yo, see it. And if you haven't seen the movie, we'll see you in a jiffy. Hello. Welcome to another episode of it's Fitz, where Story Screen's film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1995 F. Gary Gray film, Friday. Friday. Um, Ice Cube. The movie is... A cult classic, I guess they would call it. Um, don't have a problem with the movie. Might be a little overrated. Might not be. I haven't watched it enough to say that, but like... Maybe I enjoyed... The spoof a little bit more? Nah. That Damien Wayne's Or the Wayne Brothers movie, but like... That's, that's lame. Um, Friday... Chris Tucker, Ice Cube. This has been another episode of It's Fits. Hello, and welcome back to Hot Takes. And we're talking about Sorry to Bother You, directed by Boots Riley, starring Lakeith Stanfield. Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield. Once more. Lakeith Sandfield. Sandfield. Darius. Okay. Darius. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about the spoiler. We're going to get into spoilers about the movie. Talk about the shit that we really like uh, specifically. Anyone have a, something they've been really just... I just want to talk about. Don't, so, don't, don't say the, the big spoiler like right away. I'm Let's not. I'm Mike some time. No, I'm not. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so at the beginning of this movie, uh, he's trying to be a telemarketer. Right. And uh, I have some... His ordinary world. I have some experience with this. I didn't do it myself, oh, but my uh, but my, I, my mother would bring me to her telemarketer job. And I would bring, get, bring your son to telemarketer day? Yeah. Was, was <laughs> office, she had to watch me. And uh, was the office just as bleak? Uh, yes. I yes. can so That part is just yeah. a fact. Yeah. That, it's, it's, it's real bleak in there. And just... 
one of one of my favorite stories is just of uh, the people you listen to on the other line. Mm-hmm. And I like how this movie kind of like in the, just in the beginning just brought him into where they are, what they're like the moment oh, yeah. in their life. And it just shows you like how ineffective their way of salesman oh, yeah. is and how like this job is a meat grinder uh, uh, for for not even the person that you're trying to get the money from, but also for yourself. Oh yeah, for your soul. Yeah, yeah. For, and it just like hurts you. And I and I felt like this movie got that perfectly, mm-hmm. a, a absolutely less, perfectly. A lesser director probably would have just filmed um, Cassius just like at the at the screen, like at his computer, just like talking to them yeah. and like cutting in between the like the person he's talking to, but Using- since. Putting him in the room with the person he's speaking with. Using, using yeah. his, uh, you know, using the visual language of film to literally bring him into the moment. Yeah. It's just, and it's there's brilliant. Some, there's some good payoffs the with that. Bitch. Yeah, for sure. The bidet scene, scene is, is fantastic. So <laughs> As someone who owns a bidet, that really You do. For me. Yeah. yeah. You I need really to get did. someone to hit that Having someone you. turn the knob for you. <laughs> Turn on your bidet for you. You would, would, sell, be a you very, would sell them something. That would be a very intimate experience, and I probably <laughs> would buy whatever that person is selling. Very good. Uh, yeah, the, especially how he seems aware of it at first, like, and they're playing with that, mm-hmm. where, like, he's like, what the fuck? The first time it happens, and then it happens, and he's just, like, kind of flabbergasted by being in that person's I mean, room. that's, like, the first day on the job of, like, anything. Yeah. Like, you don't know what the fuck's going on, yeah, really, no, and no, they no. just put you into it. Yeah, and especially having uh, the manager, the uh-huh. anarchy manager coming in, just talking about... The tagging bodies oh man the manager the, like the like if anyone's ever been in any kind of like corporate setting just and I think, like we all have been in like setting. some way like mm-hmm. I worked at Starbucks and like that is very corporate but it's a corporation that's trying to be very coffee shop so it's, ho- it's so horrible. So everyone's standing up at all times. Yeah, everyone's standing up at all times. Everyone's just like, oh, but like we love coffee and we also need to sell a lot of praline lattes. Terrible. So, but like, the next, uh, before the movie Regal student film that they do, I want to be a version of Sorry to Bother You, where we get behind the curtains of what they do to those poor people behind the I concession really stand to make them smile like that and talk to you like that all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, which recently I did have a, 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 uh, interaction with one of those people where they let down that facade and you could yeah. tell that it was just like removing a girder <sighs> and they're just like, Oh, thank God I can talk to you like an actual human being and not like the atomic manager here. My name is this. And do you want extra butter flavoring, sir? Anything else? Can I help you with anything else, sir? He's like, he like, he like spells help me in your popcorn. Exactly. (laughs) With the butter on the popcorn. (laughs) Yeah. I'm dying inside. I I also really like to stick to the script acronym and how just terrible it is. They're just like very out of touch. The first time he says it, it's like, it's not a word. There's no consonant. You need a vowel in there. You need a vowel. And it kind of sets up the rest of the movie. Like, stick to the script, but yet this movie is just so unconventional. It's so weird. It's such a weird movie. I mean, it's structured. It is a film. It is a Joseph Campbell hero's journey in a way. But it's still, it's so out there and weird. I think, uh, a big conversation that needs to happen right now is White Voice. That we need to all talk about White Voice yeah. right now because yep. it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, we got David Cross and Patton Oswalt kind of doing the two big White Voices. Two whitest guys you know. Two whitest guys I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, I did meet David Cross once. I saw him. Did on you really? The stri- I saw him on the street in New York uh, City, and I was like, I walked by him. I was like, David Cross, and he just kind of 
jumped. <laughs> I was very drunk when I did it, and then I immediately realized I scared David Cross and just dipped. It's like, it's time to go. <laughs> I saw Todd Berry here in Beacon, just walking around. Just doing side. Just with his... He was with someone. I don't know what kind of relationship he had with that person. Can't but assume, he, right? he was with uh, a woman, and he was just walking down the street. And I just kind of looked at him and like had that moment of realization and just gave him a little nod. And he like looked back to me and gave me a little nod. Like, I think that's probably thank you all for, they want. Thank you for I, not I bet they appreciate Todd Berry! <laughs> yeah, thank you for leaving me the fuck alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then yeah, Jack, you yeah. know, he takes out the celebrity spotlight we all have and just shine into the sky, letting yeah, yeah. everyone know that they're here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, put on your white voice. We got to see you in the trailers. If you've seen the trailer already, but in the movie, it's... You know, it's uh, what characters, it's what black characters use in the movie to be able to sell better to mm. their clients. Actually, I don't know who um, Danny Glover's white voice was. Oh, I gotta look you're that right. up. I'm not sure. There's a very short scene where Danny Glover, God bless him, does a. Uh, he's very good. He's in this movie a little bit. He's very good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's nice to see more. You don't see too much Danny Glover not anymore. Not as much anymore. But he's very good. Last time I saw him was in Be Kind Rewind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that must be where you're getting those vibes from. Maybe. Because he felt like the, he had a similar role in this where he's like trying to, just trying to push the younger generation to like figure out the like, wise older generation. The world out. around them. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the white voice was jarring at first and in the beginning. It's supposed to be. I know, it's supposed to yeah. be, but even like the lip syncing wasn't like. One hundred percent. Maybe yeah, it's I think just that's because supposed to be. It's funny. I think that it's way. like. I think but the thing is like later in the movie it is. Yeah, I yeah. It, I think it, that's the thing. It's like him learning how to like sync up with it, mm-hmm. and then he kind of once he masters white voice, it's it's mm-hmm. like perfectly synced up. Right. I thought I thought it was used very well. It's 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 another person's voice is very jarring to mm-hmm. hear when it's ADR over someone else. Yeah, and it and it they wanted you, you get, to feel that way. Like, there it, are points in the movie where. I, I think it's just because the like, mixing gets a lot better yeah, later sure. on. And I think um, there are points in the movie where, like, characters are just like, yo, turn off your white voice for a second. And mm-hmm. almost you as the audience member almost, like, forget, like, oh, yeah, he has his other voice. He's not yeah. using his, his real yeah. voice. Real, his real voice. It, it like, kind of adds to, like, the dysphoria of the film, you know? Yeah, it depersonalizes the person mm-hmm. for not being able to use their own voice. They have to sound like a white person exactly. in order to... Get their point across to get their to get their money I mean, out of you, yeah, or just to, your, I mean, your money out of them. Just to be, just to be as successful. Like it's it is a commentary on like the kind of performative nature that the black community needs to like act on to mm-hmm. to have the same sort of success as yeah. someone that's white, yeah. you know. And they that is a great scene uh, where he first where Danny Glover, you know tells him about the white voice and how to use it and just like that is what they want to aspire to you know it's not not even just like doing the white voice it's like the ideal white person voice you know mm-hmm. the carefree white person <laughs> david voice. cross the, is the, ideal the white, white people man. that white people want to be yeah 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 <laughs> and he says like oh sorry i gotta get back to my squash game <laughs> yeah well he describes it as like you know just Imagine you don't have any bills and you're about to jump in your Ferrari and just nothing really fucking yeah. matters. You you're know? A, a telemarketer yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Hiding hiding yourself so you can better just like do a job. Taking mm-hmm. away some of like your humanity just so you can mm-hmm. make ends meet and, and do and something. The, the aspect of selling out mm-hmm. as well oh, yeah. Plays, yeah. plays a big part in it. Because... I don't. I don't want to speak on behalf of like the black community. Or can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. You can't at yeah. all. But I've. I've always felt like I've. I've heard stories of like you know, 
uh, someone someone who makes it out mm-hmm. of out of the hood, out of the trap yeah. of sorts, and their peers becoming like jealous of them and like and becoming angry with them yeah. for for becoming successful and, also, that, and that sentiment is, is yeah. felt a lot in this movie i think we also see a lot of like you know uh i think there are times where people of color feel like you know there's certain goals to aspire to and it's like you know you'd be a rapper an nba player you can be like these things and even like when we see um uh cassie's character at the the was it the power? It's not Powerball. It's a power caller, right? Is that yeah, the power. The party is at the party, and like they're just like, you can rap. You can just do a rap because you're black, right? You can yeah. just do a rap. And oh like, my god! And perform in front of us and everyone. Yeah, yeah. and just do that, just make a rap. Happen. There, yeah. There's one like wide shot where they're all cheering. Or this whole sea of white people is just cheering him on, and he's just like sitting there on on the floor, like bewildered. It looked like a fucking renaissance painting mm-hmm. of sorts. I got. I really got to give props to like the cinematographer of this movie, movie especially during the party amazing. scene. The, the, fr- the frame gave me stress. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I, and I don't even have to deal with I that. I mean, that part is very, you know, that's very get out. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, that's, that's like, feels very similar to that movie in a lot of ways. It's framed and in that party. Yeah. And it all comes back around. I mean, there's also a, a discussion of slavery going on in this yeah. movie and modern slavery and just using the worker as modern slaves Being and carefree yeah know. and the, you're right so they're they're using this as a, a company that guarantees you via a lifetime contract you know three hots in a cot as they say directly yeah. in the movie mm-hmm. but like they're using that as it's effectively it's it's a commentary on like uh modern slavery in the way that like you know, for-profit prisons work right now yeah. um and also just like general labor um, and it's also talking about that with the unionization aspect of the telemarketer, like, which is also like a huge aspect of, there's so much that's like, so much stuff that is kind of tried and true storytelling here of, of like, you know, working your way out of a bad situation or a, a financially bad situation and like Maybe doing what you, something worse, doing what you have to do to like make ends meet and in the process, like you said, selling yeah. out and kind of losing your soul and losing all the things that are actually important to you yeah. along the way. But then along, like they're, they're also layering in so much other commentary in there that just works like so well. I mean, like I can't wait to watch this again. And yeah. like, yeah. really like it's, it's hard to like process all that right now in a, a hot take kind of Absolutely. there's, there's, there's so a lot many layers there's, 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 a, there's a lot to see there's a lot to there's a lot to discuss mm-hmm. yeah it's you know that's that's like one of the best kinds of movies I've always been taught like the best way to really digest a movie is to watch it three times and yeah. the first time to like you know digest the story and to like you know figure out what's going on well, the first time the, the whole first movie time without audio the first time to the just whole movie <laughs> Well, and, and like this, just watching it. And of course, you know, the, the second time to like really like take in all like the aspects of the filmmaking process. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the first, especially a movie like this, like so much of what happens on screen is just surprising. Yeah. In yeah. a way that watching it the first time, you're just kind of sitting there thinking like, what is going to happen next? Exactly. Yeah. And watching it the second time and being able to actually like impro- internalize and yeah. process what's happening rather than I mean, just the, experiencing the it. The frames are always busy and bumbling with action and, you know, jokes happen every second, you know, like it's very, it's, the thing is, it's not like a super fast paced movie, especially in the beginning of the movie. I really appreciate just like 
how it takes its time. Yeah, doing everything. It doesn't go too crazy too fast. Yeah, it's not. It's which not, was which was nice. Yeah, it's just kind of like that's. I think the first part of the movie feels so unconventional compared to like a lot of movies I've seen this year and in general. But like, it's very just like if it's very mellow. It's very kind of go with the flow, and then like you know as um, as Cassius like tries to climb the ladder, gets better at the job, you kind of see the structure of the movie get a little tighter and a little tighter and a little bit more, you know, it just starts to change. The pacing literally changes. There's a fun montage in there of after he nails the first... Oh, the high five montage? The first sale, and it's just... Like drawn out to uh, an absurd. There's a few drawn out moments in the movie which are really funny. (laughs) Yeah, there's some great timing comedically, and I think one of the funniest aspects of this movie is a dystopian future where telemarketing still exists and is an actual feasible way of selling things. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know, when was the last time you got a telemarketing phone call that That was an actual human being? That's true. It's mostly robots nowadays. It's only robots nowadays. And also, it made more sense when he got to, like, the war trading and, like, human trading element that I'm like, well, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. You're not going to robo... You're not going to robocall Kim Jong-un and and try to sell him some nukes, you know? Whereas, like, on the, uh, you know, on the the peons or uh, the peasant level... that's it a very fancy like, way to say peon. He, he are, you're going buck wild with the, the pronunciation tonight, Rob. Anyway, uh, they could all just be one robot. Uh, calls mad people at once. Go two for the back. But the cinematographer of this movie is Doug Emmett. Mm-hmm. He's also done stuff like uh, the HBO series Room 104. Not and the movie Edge of 17. I've not seen that. Uh, oh, wasn't it the Judd Apatow one? No. Wasn't Judd Apatow? No, I don't think so. Uh, the one I love, I know you... I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. that's um, Mark Duplass. Yeah. And uh, what's her name from Handmaid's Tale? Um, oh, the Elizabeth one. Moss? Uh, maybe. But anyway, Doug Emmett, Wait, is that shout out to him, did a fantastic job. Yeah, this that film. movie looks amazing. I think one of my favorite like kind of scenes that stand out to me is when um, his apartment transforms into the nice apartment. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, this is so cool. Yes. Things like, are just bursting out of... It, yeah. It's like blossoming like a flower, just like, you know, it, it, the rags to riches story happening, him just being successful. Yeah. Um, yeah, how do we... Uh, so now that we're in spoilers, how do we feel about some of the uh, supporting roles in the movie and, like, some of their arcs that happen? It's, uh, I, 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 to talk about the um, supporting roles, how about that gallery scene fuck cool very SUNY purchase yeah it's <laughs> like this is the most SUNY purchase thing yeah. a little bit seen. I feel yeah. like I've seen that act at SUNY purchase <laughs> yeah. I, I'm from New Paltz and like I can see same, yeah. same yeah. Paltz there. Yeah. there was a kid in one of my uh, performance classes who uh, for his final project we all had to like take an element of something that we learned from like performative theater which is like the name of the course is like performative theater and we had to do a live performance with it and uh, funny enough, I did a pastiche on Night Vale where I did like Night Vale at Purchase. So uh, like, that's the beginning of my podcasting career. W- welcome to Night Vale. Welcome the, to Night Vale. The popular narrative. But I did like Welcome podcast. to Purchase kind of. I like turned off the lights and put on some music. And I just did like a radio show where I talked about like weird, surreal shit that happened at Purchase. Which is probably actually true shit that happened so at Purchase. So it is real. We do have a griffin that eats people's heads. Yeah. But uh, this other kid uh, <laughs> ate a loaf of bread and shaved his head. And he didn't do any of the homework for that class, but he got it. 
<laughs> so to show the, the yeah. kind of spectrum of shit that can happen at that school in a, it's like a 201 level class it's not even like you know anything too crazy uh, a role like uh, this for Tessa Thompson her character's name is Detroit I think it just shows how versatile she is as an actress mm-hmm. is why she's probably in such high demand I almost didn't right realize now. who she was in the beginning of the movie, it was like, like oh. you know, in in this, in Westworld, her character Charlotte Hale, and um, in Creed, as as um, Michael B. Jordan's and girlfriend, and, and Valkyrie and mm-hmm. Thor, like she just a perfect job as as a great supporting character, very um, very well defined. She and was cool. I you know, the, the, and she just has like a great character design. Like I feel like there's going to be a lot of fan art for her, especially with the, oh yeah, the with crazy, the, earrings. Like, the earrings. I love. There's a few bits in the beginning where like. I love how you made those yourself. I love, like you would just like fade into like some weird shit happening in the background. Like when she had the the earrings with the electric chair, mm-hmm. and then it fades to like the sign that gets graffitied. Yeah, it's just like it's so cool. The I, movie just has so much fucking style. I can't get over it. I I love how the movie pivots her character against the main character. Because yeah. he's going through the main corporate way to get money, a job, and, and she's he, an in art, a way he's she's doing an artist. it. For not just for her, he's it's it's self serving because he feels special. He feels like mm-hmm. he has a a place, mm-hmm. but you know he also wants to kind of showboat and he wants to bring her along with him. You know, yeah, she he wants to you know provide for her exactly, and she's not her mentality goes against. She every, was fine this, living in the broken garage, right? She but, liked him then, you know. But once he sells out, he she's like, well, I, can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do with this. I can't ride with you. Yeah. yeah, I can't ride with you. She has an arc that you know it, it's good because there are points where you're just like, damn, I can't believe you did that. But I do think that their love story is a little too neatly wrapped up by the end of the movie. It could. Like, I, I, yeah, I felt like it was not really any room for more. I think like, you think it would go somewhere since she since she hooks up with. Um, uh, Stephen Yoon's yeah. character, and since Stephen Yoon's character talked about like, having, S- chlamydia. Yeah, having chlamydia, yeah. and so you, you, th- you think that would come up, up but yeah. it doesn't. Check out chlamydia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like their chemistry was good enough where I kind of like wanted them to be together. That's true. absolutely yeah. So I'm happy. It, it felt natural to me yeah. that they like get. I should say that I'm happy that they got back together. I just thought it was very quick. And I think it's because the last act of the movie gets so off the rails where yeah. it's like they're steering the ship on like a rocky it could, road. It could but honestly but it's there, you know. Yeah, it could honestly went anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, we're still, I still, we're gonna keep keep pushing that ending or that last act for now. Okay, because um, it's so crazy. But I think there's just still still more to discuss. Um, so yeah, we talked about Tess's character. Uh, how do we? feel? feel when he oh, gets one oh, thing sure. I do want to mention about Tessa Thompson's character that I don't think we mentioned already is the she also has a white voice that she uses she in, does at the art in gallery. the art gallery it's like a is, British it's lady. a British no it is yeah. I just looked up on IMDB there she is it is a different character who is it uh now I've I fucked up and didn't keep that page open oh, give me that, a second that voice was because it, it does kind of yes. sound like her yeah, yeah, but it, she, it sounds like it could be her. But, but like, you want to talk about the voice not quite being in sync. That's true. When she is performing. The voice is not really one hundred percent in sync. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting because uh, Cash like brings up earlier in the movie that she is doing the same kind of performative act when the she is when, when she's trying to sell 
art to rich people. Yeah, like she is also she refers to it as like you know bougie assholes. You right. Know? Like she knows who her. She has a clientele as an artist, and I think all of us who are in creative fields like understand like you know as people who maybe want to work in film one day or things like that like you have an audience there's like a catering that needs to happen even if you're making art like someone needs to consume it you know mm-hmm. especially if you're in film like at the end of the day you're making entertainment and i wouldn't doubt that like you know boots riley at the end of the day maybe had the same struggle while making this movie you know mm-hmm. making something super weird but also had to have commercial appeal because people gotta fucking see it yeah, you know? like that's kind of the struggle with a lot of like weird movies like this. But the the structure of this movie is pretty simple. It's it's, the, it's, yeah. it's a rags to riches movie through and through, which is why he can do so much cool creative stuff throughout it. Yeah, because you know? like by having kind of like a simple trajectory, then you have all this room to do some weird shit to blossom into weird. <clears throat> Lily James did uh, Detroit's White Bird. Oh, okay, Deborah oh, from who? Baby Driver. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. So now I kind of want to talk about um, the power collar scenario. I think we kind of covered, like, the telemarketer area pretty well. Uh, we didn't talk too much about, like, the unionization and, like, that, but I think we'll be able to get into more of that when we talk about mm-hmm. what the juxtaposition with the power collar room is mm-hmm. and that awesome elevator they have to type in 100 numbers into. Yeah. yeah. So how do we feel about... Well, by the way, actually... Uh, Lily James also co-starring in a movie that I guess is coming out this year or came out this year. I missed it, but Little Woods, a modern Western that tells the story of two sisters, Ollie and Deb, who are driven back to work outside the law to better their lives. Or to driven to work outside the law to better their lives. Yeah, Tessa Thompson and uh, uh, Plug for, for Little Woods. Yeah, I don't know what that movie is. I haven't heard yeah, of it. It'll that. be good. Interesting. Okay. But another Tessa Thompson movie. So in, in high demand. Yeah. Playing a cowgirl. So. Huh. I'm a in. modern cowgirl. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what that means. But <laughs> I, I loved how they handled the power collar because once you, you know, climb up the corporate ladder yes. and, you, and you see yourself in a position where, you know, you're making good money, it, like people in this movie immediately, ch- like, change how they, like, treat him. Like, oh, now, yeah. now suddenly like, he's important and now they, it's worth their time to talk right. to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does, like, you know, he immediately sees himself as better. He was He's very yeah. e- easily convinced mm-hmm. that he is better than those people and that what his success has no bearing on the, on the little people and the people mm-hmm. he's leaving behind. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel is, like, probably a common sentiment in, like, corporate scenarios where you have people who are at a lower position than you, really unhappy, and because you earned where you are, you... You know, there's you think that you're entitled to what you're getting, and maybe they should just work harder and get what you want. And that creates tension between exactly. the workforce. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even like at my supermarket job, I felt that way. Yeah, like as soon as someone gets promoted, like you're a coworker, your peer becomes a manager, and now they're telling you what to do. We we're mm-hmm. like, well, but we were like, you know, we were buds. We were buds. We were, yeah. we were in the <laughs> trenches together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard. I mean, like you know, I think the movie speaks well to like that idea of just like you know a lot of things in careers jobs and otherwise are political and you know also you your success can come with consequences yeah i think that's like a a moral in this film i really hope this movie finds its audience because it's not yeah. it's not getting like a huge release. It is an independent movie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, produced by Annapurna. So I, I I hope that a lot of people get to see it because I feel like you it's know it's getting it, good buzz. It, like, it, it does it deserves to be seen. Yeah, 
For sure. Like, I don't think it's going to be like a knockout success the way Get Out was, but. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I don't think. I think Jordan Peele having his name on it was like a big deal. And and having. There was a level of accessibility to Get Out that this movie doesn't necessarily have. Yeah, Yeah, I'd say so. This isn't your conventional movie. We take our brains for granted because, like. (laughs) That's not like a dick, but like, you know, this movie for us is just like, this is up my alley. There's a lot, there's a lot of shit to chew on in this movie. Yeah, and some people don't like to, some people like to, it might be overwhelming for some. We like to chew. Yeah, well, you saw an older couple walk out. I did, I did. This old, this old white couple walked out of the movie like 25 minutes in. There's actually, we were surrounded by old white couples. Well, there's, there's a white couple in front of us. They seem to like it. Yeah, Yeah, they they were were digging it. They were into it. They're like those like old liberals who were like, they would vote for Obama a third time. (laughs) (laughs) The same thing happened to me when I saw Get Out. You left? No. No, No, of course not. No, I, I, uh, there was this old elderly couple. Mm. For Get Out, yeah. Slow, like, as that movie progressed towards the middle, when they, something major happened, I think they were they were like, oh, and they just got up and left. Wow! And they I got was out. Just, yeah, they 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 like huffed and left. I remember the, the exact scene. It was it was the scene where Georgina is like struggling to talk to Chris after he um after he finds his cell phone unplugged. Yeah, it was that scene oh, yeah. that yeah. the old couple starts walking out. They're just yeah. There's we, uh, the, when I, we saw what movie Killing was of it? a Sacred Deer. Killing of a Sacred Deer. There yeah. was a like a party of idiots, of older idiots who <laughs> they just, stayed the whole time. I wish they did not. I wish they left. They just and the, I think at the end of the movie, they looked to us been like that was shit, right? And like me, Bert, like, and Jack, nah. like, like, weeping, just like it's <laughs> the most beautiful movie I've seen <laughs> so far. It's 2017. It's gonna be a really weird year. And they didn't care what we had to say about that. Yeah, there there seems to just be we've had quite a number of interesting theater experiences, experiences where I don't know who these you know it just seems like there's a contingency of people especially like older white couples that just go see whatever movie comes yeah. out. What will offend me today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie featuring primarily black people will make to me know mad. like <laughs> what what encouraged them to buy a ticket for this movie like. Did they see a trailer for this movie? Did they look at the posters? Did they read yeah. anything? They about saw this movie? an ad in the newspaper. I don't know, man. Did they just like they just walk into this movie completely blind? Like I, I, I applaud anyone who like just is like, fuck it, I'm gonna go see a movie on Friday. What's playing at six ten? Oh, this movie. Okay, I guess this is what we're seeing. But yeah, I could I could take that two ways. Either they were like, hey, give us the movie that's the closest to the uh, that closest to walk to because it was the second movie theater that we saw this movie in. That's true. Uh, or they, like, they were really just tired. <laughs> they were just reading the the name of the movies and they saw "Sorry to Bother You." Oh, like, that oh, sounds that, polite. That sounds nice. And yeah, polite. <laughs> really yeah. wholesome. Not like the Ant Man and Wasp movie. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't want to see Ant Man and the Wasp, Sicario. I don't want to see that. Day of the Soldado. <laughs> like the no. oh, that has Spanish in it. We shouldn't see that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's English and Spanish mix. Did you guys see? Uh, they, they are the the soldier. They are the soldier. No, no, you no. don't need to. Okay, we, I listened to your podcast actually. Oh, so you're good. <laughs> yeah. we covered it for you. Yeah, that movie's um, not great. Um, first one's good. Oh yeah, <sighs> but yeah, I I don't. It's kind of hard to recommend this movie to people. Like, uh, obviously, I, mean, I want to. Oh, dude, I'm going to be shouting this movie from the... Re- I Go will. see Sorry to Bother You. Trust me. No, I will be doing that, too. But I just feel like there's going to be a lot of people that are just not going to get it. I will say... Um, that's my, on them. <laughs> I, and that's what I say. Like, some people just don't deserve this movie. Yeah. Because I feel like this is a very important movie 
for honestly anyone to see, yeah. and, and especially in this year that we live in. I told my girlfriend it was my favorite movie of the year. Like, I was like, this might be my favorite movie of the year. She's like, you liked it that much? I'm like, you didn't yeah like, well, you know it's definitely not people got their opinions the style yeah, of yeah. this movie is not for everyone i think yeah. is what you're trying to I say think, i think the thing is yeah i think that like it's i could i guess i could see it not being accessible it's just like for me it's like this movie's so up my alley yeah like it's so weird and oh, cool yeah, like, but dude, we have particular weird tastes like yeah. you know i i think like seeing for the us fish romance for Everyone us likes the fish romance for us here. this this is like straight up our streets but i yeah. definitely could it's see this not jiving for everybody you know yeah. the, the tim and eric billion dollar movie has like a 30 percent on rotten to me yeah and we Monsters. fucking love that shit yeah, yeah. I, but we recognize that it's not for everyone. Exactly. You know? This sure. is this is certainly more toned down than yes. the Tim and Eric movie. movie. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tim and Eric made an hour and a half anti-movie. Pretty yeah. much. This is more palatable than that, but mm-hmm. still dwelling on that same sort of absurd humor. So I'm gonna sure. uh, I'm gonna pivot us from because we we kinda did talk about like some of those scenes like in the, the power call room. Mm-hmm. Um but I wanna pivot to the party. Oh my gosh. Oh, you want to talk about the party? Have some horsey talk? Let's, mm, no, that's, that's, that's you guys ready to horse around? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, this is when we get like our most time with uh, Army Hammer, who I think we all can agree is just fucking dope. Just, He's just, just fucking awesome. Just fun, man. Just yeah. chewing the scenery. He, I, feel he, like, I feel like they didn't give him I, that much to he, work with, and he just was like crazy about he, it. He, he was, he's fully embracing his like John Hamm impression. In this movie, because <laughs> yeah. Army Hammer is already like kind of the younger John, John Hamm, Hamm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. he is leaning into the schmarmy villainous John Hamm. I felt like I, I was reminded of Gary Oldman in The Professional. Okay, interesting. A little bit, and just though, just the yeah. Way he, well, he reminded me more. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. I don't mean to cut you off. He, he, I I felt like his character was believably high on cocaine through the entire movie. That's kind of why I was going to say, like, I kind of felt like he reminded me of, like, a Wolf Wall Street character. Like, yeah. Matthew McConaughey's character in Wolf Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, he's, like, one of those. Just how he's, like, slightly rocking back and forth, and mm-hmm. just, like, how he delivers it was really fast and, like, in your face. And yeah. I, would, I just, I believed that he was this character. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't feel like he was just, like, being goofy or something. Right. Chewing the scenery with cocaine laced in his gums. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. High energy. And that was the longest line of cocaine. That was the, <laughs> he does, that the was beginning of the party Hilariously like, long line of cocaine. It's the best way to start a party ever. He does <laughs> yeah. a huge line of cocaine. He's just like, I bet you all wonder why I invited you here. Yeah, yeah. And then the party just starts. Raging. <laughs> um, we we kind of talked about... Um, the you know them singling out uh, Lakeith's character and mm-hmm. and making him do the rap, which is hilarious and also pain- hard hard to watch. It's 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 both like it's, painful. There, and I had my like hand. I I was like covering my eyes like a horror movie. I was like I can't believe. Well, this. that is that, that is was where the extreme. <laughs> that's the extreme shades of Get Out right there. Yeah, like mm-hmm. from basically from that point on, there is a lot of parallels going. Well, on Well, this there. is kind of when the movie shifts into. Something very tonally different. Um, feels almost like a totally different movie. So, we meet our worst people. Oh my god. Not something well, well, I was expecting. Well, yeah. well we, we, before he's... <laughs> before the horses. Before the horses. <laughs> the Bojacks. The, yes. The power reader manager that comes up to him and talks to him in his normal voice, which mm. up until this point was... Yeah, that was a moment. Yeah. yeah. It was all just the white voice, and he's just like... 
go down the hallway, go left, go right, go up, mm-hmm. go down. You know, he's yeah. just telling him like on a merry chase, and I'm just Omari Hardwick. I want to sh- I want to shout him out because he has not been in much else. And when I heard that, I was just like, wait a second, I I'm very uncomfortable where this guy is gonna go. Yeah. Because this kind of feels like uh, uh, Get Out, where he's, like, trapped right. in the seat, where he's, like, deep in the mansion. Yeah. And, the, and the, the basement, like, looked very similar yeah. to the basement in Get Out. Yeah. And um, the uh, Lakeith Stanfield slowly walking down the hallway while there's this, this, like, illuminated light surrounding him very much reminded me of the Teddy Perkins episode mm-hmm. of Atlanta. Oh right, yeah, which you know mm-hmm. I got similar vibes to that. But yeah, I mean I was thinking of like The Shining when he's like, Whoa, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. the cocaine guy invites him in. He's just like <laughs> cocaine, Mr. Cocaine Man, <laughs> Mr. Cocaine Man, and <laughs> he, caffeine. he's he's given them. He's basically laying out the this the what is it the script for the ultimate sellout basically yeah that he, he like you you're gonna be completely rich if you do these things, but first you gotta watch this video. Mm-hmm. And he starts well, to get before to- he watches the video. He's like, "I gotta take a piss." Yeah, I gotta and take a piss. Right, and then that's when he runs into, you know, the fur. He sees a horse person, and I, I don't know how you guys felt when you first saw that, but I was just like, "Oh." I, well, I, it's revealed so great dude, because they're like stuck in like what almost looks like an enclosed uh, they're in, bathtub. They're, they're in stables essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you like, thought it was like a person mm-hmm. because you can hear a human voice, and then you and then he opens it up in this like horrible, glossy, and they don't slimy with this like, horse man just comes horse out. Horse they don't just really like flopping, flopping around. around unless it's like way in the background, or I must have just missed something. They don't really foreshadow. Like this, this horse person we, uh, coming. We'll so see you don't, when we watch I gotta see it because you yeah. don't see you don't see that coming at all. Well, I no. had I had because I, I was thinking like workhorse, workhorse, like that phrase was kind of coming to mind, and like mm. I don't know if I saw it coming necessarily, but like I, I it made sense to me. Like after you see the horse person, I'm like I think I get what they're going for. But yeah, yeah. it's the it's it's pretty, like, I mean, it's, it's pretty like there, you know, overt yeah. what they're what they're trying to sure, say. but um. They're about like probably about five to ten minutes before the actual horse scene. I caught myself thinking like I keep hearing this movie described as sci-fi and like I guess it's kind of like semi-dystopian future, but I don't really get the sci-fi aspect. And as soon as the <laughs> horseman flopped out onto the floor, I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, so sure, this is right." The, There's the science fiction part of it. That that's there. Yeah. So you know, uh, and as a scientist, let me tell you, not the fictional. You guys got horse people in the Regeneron over there? No, stop saying my company's name. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> we can ask Birds. Now I have to say it's a joke, and I, this has nothing to do with the company of Regeneron Inc. Yeah, we don't have any horse people. We're making medicine. Yeah. Good. You're helping people. Yes. Good. But anyway, I was during during the party scene, I was just like, okay, this movie is definitely going to reveal it's crazy here. Yeah, and I just I had this just so much built up anxiety through the whole movie. I didn't really know where the movie was going. I just happened. I was like, it was more like this movie has to like show me something. Yeah, like like something like that, where it's just like, oh, they're trying to make like workhorse slavery humans in in, like the most literal work sense, uh, the literal sense of a workhorse. You want to make me the Martin Luther King to a race of horse people? (laughs) Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. What, what is it called? Like, Equo uh, sapiens or Aquarius sapiens? sapiens? What is, is, like, is the Latin term for horse like equus something? Or it's like a, a equ, equ, equine. 
Like ec- equine is like a mm-hmm. horse term. Well, it's a, a, oh, okay. aquarium, uh, or, uh, ex- no, what's aquarium? Not aquarium. I'm an aquarium. Equestrian. 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 Thank you. There we go. Isn't that like a? Isn't that like a sign? Isn't that like a? No, that's not a horse. Yeah, sign? you're an no. aquarius. 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 Yeah. That's right. That's that- not. That's not the thing. <laughs> that's what I was getting confused. Aquarius. He's an Ecuadorian. No, no, still not it. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we meet the, the horse people, and he gets this pitch to be the ultimate sellout, and. And luckily, he says no. He but describes he it as the the Martin Luther, Luther King, King Jr. of horse the horse people. <laughs> it's <laughs> this hilarious. Is just, oh man! Um, but he snorts that cocaine. and He's like, "Yo, did you? Because you you learn in the video. oh when they show in the video, it's so good. It's just like this, you, you like snort. Can we talk about that video for a second? This celebrity deathmatch. Yes, Very yes. Animation video. I really love the line where he's like, "There's really high production value in this." <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't lying. Stop motion. Yeah, stop motion. No, fucking hard, hard and do. expensive, probably. I'm sure. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you didn't think I was a crazy person. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. Um, Great movie. But then uh, this movie's good. So, so good. Cassius is like freaking out. He's like, "Did, did I snort some like horse stuff?" He's like, "I'm not evil. I would make you snort horse things." Absolutely. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Yes, of course. Um, but the end of the movie... So this one, the, the movie kind of, like, really changes. So the end of the movie turns into... Uh, like an cast, activist spokesperson. An activist. This is kind of where we get more, like, the Okja stuff, like I mentioned earlier, where, like, it, it's a very, like, activist movie. He he kind of takes what... Um, what's the name of the kid from Walking Dead again? Steven, uh, Steven Yin. He almost, like, takes his position yeah, in that totally role. Does. And he, like, you know, he gets on all the news outlets and he's like, Oh, horse people, stop! And then, you know... We get some great lines about, like, kind of people learning about something atrocious but being stagnant about it because you just, like, deal with it for so long. You just kind of accept it. Um, and this all this part of the movie happens, like, boom, 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 boom. Happens very quickly. And and, and, and he, he was already, like, had notoriety because he was, like, uh, the, the subject of... Could you imagine if, like... You're watching YouTube and you watch this, you know, this kid get dunked on and it's like a meme video. Yeah. And then later you find out, like, he reveals this huge conspiracy that, like, fucking AT&T is, is making crocodile people in real life, for example. You would like, not believe him. Like, it would... Yeah. But he shows that video. I mean, <laughs> I would like, personally uh, love Star Wars Kid to blow open the entire Russia investigation. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it! Oh my god, I'm ready for that? What dystopian society do we live in? Where I'm like, so this it is takes a double bladed yeah, lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> revealing the truth. Yeah. It's, like, oh. it's like the end of Solo. Um, but it also does. There is a little bit of commentary on there on like the idea that which is a very th- real thing that we're dealing with becoming a meme against your will mm-hmm. i mean we're just talking about fucking airplane bay like is a scenario that ha- did you guys not you guys didn't see this no it was this so this we're about to date this podcast. uh yeah yeah well we dated it because we went to see a movie uh on its opening weekend fair so enough it's all right go ahead um there was a I'm going to do a shitty job explaining this because the situation sucks. But, like, there was a minor celebrity, like, not even, like, D-tier, E-tier celebrity who was, like, I guess, a, a, trying to be an actress or something like that. Mm. Was on a plane. She, she was with her husband and wanted to switch seats with someone and jokingly said, like, oh, can can I switch seats um, with you? Maybe the person that, you know, will replace me. Or maybe the person that you go wind up sitting next to could be, you know, your future 
future love or something like that. Oh, I have heard about this And then, like, the woman was like, all right, fine. She switched seats. And then, like, a handsome person sat next to her. And then they started chatting. And I guess they, like, started a relationship. But this, the person that switched seats, you know, the, the, this D tier celebrity, like, recorded it and was posting it on Twitter. And then basically just harassed this woman that was the subject of this, like had no interest whatsoever of being like involved in this entire thing. Oh God. And the woman who was like taking videos and putting it on Twitter, like basically encouraged people to figure out who this person was. And like now the person has been like harassed, has had to delete all like social media that they have online Mm -hmm. because they just want to be left the fuck alone. And like they were made into a meme against their will. Like, so that is, like, very, like, yeah, like, finger on the pulse right now of him just getting winged in the head with a can and then becoming... And then him being the... Yeah, and, like, he just, he has no more anonymity anymore because he has become a meme on the internet, like... Well, Stephen Yoon's character also, like, kind of stated it in the beginning, um... When they first like meet by the the um, the the vending machine, vending machine, Mm -hmm. you're just like, we kind of need someone with your fire to be the face of this, because because Stephen Yoon can try to do it, but he doesn't have the pull that Cash did, especially towards the end, where he was like bringing it down from the inside, basically. I mean, it's the idea of like kind of making like a symbol out of you, because like you are, you do have the lack of animity and, and like are kind of like a person that's a part of this and like he's a power caller which has some status in this world mm-hmm. um yes yeah, so we get to the end of the movie and then we get this wild riot scene that ends with the horse people coming and tearing shit up and shit up huh? how do we how Man. do we feel about like so it goes from like that all happens really quickly horse people come do their thing we don't learn much about the antidote or whatever happens to that if and the movie if happens, it was a lie or not. Probably yeah. a lie from the beginning. That's probably yes. what the last scene is. It's is him, him breaking into the house to try and Because we learn it. that Cassian becomes a horse, a horse person. A horse, that yeah. turns out that was not coke. It was horse yeah. stuff. Similar, similar to uh, District 9. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I, I, think, I think in quite a few shots, those horse people were practical. Oh I yeah, think, I think it's a lot of practical. Yeah, dude, it's costumes. just the first shot where he like flops on the ground. Where I think that was it, that was it. Might have been the ILM from like doctor. Yeah, it could be a mix yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah, they had to animate that uh, huge horse line. I liked how it how silly it looked, uh, mm-hmm. like the practical effects. Oh of yeah, like I a think person. It's, that, it basically looked like that weird mask that you used to have <laughs> or still have of just like the. Weird it's horse in my head. closet somewhere. It okay, looks like yeah. Goro from Mortal Kombat. It's it's like cheeky and like low budget-ish in a way that's just like, yeah, it fits in the world. That's the thing. You know? It would have looked way more out of place if it was a fully CGI horse person. I guess my kind of point in like kind of running through the scene beat by beat is to ask the ultimate question, like, how do we feel about like the major tonal shift that happens in the movie? And this is kind of the big, it's the big spoiler. We, we've seen other movies do this before where like, it's also in like towards the end of the movie. It's like here's a sci-fi movie now where it's like, now it's a horror movie. And mm-hmm. even like in a film like Hereditary, we saw kind of like a less conventional horror movie become more conventional towards the end. So how do we feel oh, about yeah, more like, like a family drama thriller become like you know pretty tried and true mm-hmm. horror movie? And like sometimes those turns work. I think sometimes those turns are jarring. How do we how do we land on this movie? It, 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 it didn't it, it didn't bother me too much. The tunnel shift. What what really threw me off was just how quickly it wrapped up. Very fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like I knew this the movie didn't have a whole lot of time left, but it it was just like boom 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 boom. Your movie's third, over. Your third act is generally shorter than your first two, um, but this one's like really like 
Maybe it just felt fast. I don't know. The movie felt a little long overall to me, actually. Because yeah, it goes yeah. a lot of places. And I think yeah. it's not necessarily like the movie was actually that long, but it just covers so much. That, that, that could time. change on repeat viewing. So. Yeah, yeah. For sure. When you don't know what's happening, you're kind of just like, all right, so where the fuck are we? I mean, that's probably this? it. Like, it's you know. doing so many shifts and going so many places that by the end, I'm like... Man, we've covered a lot of ground here tonight. Yeah, I'm really far too. Yeah, <laughs> Brian, how do you feel about like the major tonal shift in the film? Um, I loved it because I love when movies and shows reveal they're crazy, mm. and I like how it compl- like, uh, compliments till Donnie. Yeah, and I like how the beginning like is just the build up to that and mm-hmm. the t- ends. It was so flaw. It was flawlessly executed. Like, yeah, I, I, I'd be. I didn't I know what I was getting into. That if we watch the movie again, it'd be like, oh, there's horse shit everywhere. I guess. Like if you if you if you were to tell me that like if this is a telemarketer finds out there's a, a horseman conspiracy I'd be like kind of sounds kind of whack yeah but the movie little, builds it yeah. up enough where it, it it's hilarious and keeping it the big movie the big secret of the movie like I think because it is a hot take like I, I for I can only speak for myself that's why I was a little like what and like I'm still trying to wrap my head around like is that a good move cinematically i'm leaning towards the air yeah um because it's pretty cool you know i i appreciate it when when like more stuff does like like balances and uh, plays around with tone like certain video games have done this recently like the uh, the recent wolfenstein franchise Mm -hmm. and uh, the yakuza games balance like tone and genres uh, in really interesting ways, and it's and it and I'm like excited for more like movies and TV shows you, uh, to experiment with that. Conclusions you don't expect because the type of movie that you're watching with Sorry to Bother You, you can maybe expect what that ending could be, but then it changes so radically that you're like, I don't really fucking know what's gonna happen now. Yeah, you know, and I think that's a good way to keep your audience on its toes, which ultimately is is hard to do nowadays with film. Dude, more than anything, I'm just excited that we have so many like up-and-coming new directors that are just coming out of the gate with their very first movie. And directors of color, too. Knocking it, not only them, like, there are, like, um... I'm like, just saying especially. Yeah, definitely especially that, but also, you know, like, Ari Aster with Hereditary mm-hmm. and uh, uh, other recent examples, but, like, there, there's a lot of young, talented directors that are coming out with their kind of scrappy, you know, first movies and just like right out of the gate, you know, Jordan Peele, another excellent freshman run. Yeah, it's it's, it's fucking awesome. It's great that these like smaller independent um, companies like A24 and Annapurna and Bloomhouse are giving these like young, talented directors a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's that kind of talent that (laughs) to, to really bring this full circle that's what Disney needs to look to if they want to make more Star Wars side stories and like have those. You're going this I'm shit going right full now. circle right now, no, like because okay. we talked about. Fan, I agree. We've talked about I, this I, no, on the podcast as well. Yeah. Like Disney is realizing, I, at least I hope, when they say that they're putting the Star Wars side stories on hold right now after Ron mm-hmm. Howard's Solo was like a total fucking failure at the box office, like. Mm-hmm. They need to go weirder and fresher yeah. mm-hmm. with this kind of stuff. I think thing. they're a little scared, though. I would love to see a Boots Riley Star Wars side oh, story. Like, come, give <laughs> that yeah. to me. Yeah, don't even make it a Lando movie. Just create another Anything. Character. Just give me, and yeah, fresh stuff. Do that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about the, a character. That said, yeah, it could just be about, like, a moment. That said, yeah. if yeah. it was the Lando movie and oh, Boots fuck, Riley directed... Sick. 
That would be uh, oh, that would be, be, be that would be pretty all right. We're gonna we're gonna have or just have the whole Atlanta crew make a Lando. Well, movie. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you know, Donald Glover's right there. It's have a uh, Hero Mirai who directed a lot of. I definitely agree that you gotta with these Star Wars one-offs, which we are getting fewer now of. I do think that like for the, now, for now, I think the smarter move is to like. Get weird, but the thing is, like, uh, the fan base is so toxic that, like, when they did get weird with a major installment, people lost their goddamn minds. Yeah, yeah they did. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to totally derail. But well, I I do think the side stories are a safer place to get weird than mm. movies should get weird. You know, I mean, that's moral of the story or, is movies well, specifically, or, or just specifically let, huge tentpole mm-hmm. blockbuster movies yeah. should get weird, less it, conventional. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've noticed this like the. The run of June to to this movie, the movies that I've seen have just been like have been good, but have just haven't really stuck with me. I feel like Anyways, I've seen and some like stuff. like Ant Man and the Wasp and Incredibles too. Like I found I found those movies to be fine, mm-hmm. but they just haven't like had like an an like. They haven't made a lasting impression. I think with a lot of those movies, they're kind of doing their job. Like, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, I sure. I was smiling the whole time. Like, this is fun. Incredibles yeah. 2 as well. I really, I really like Incredibles 2. I feel I kind of the same way about Incredibles 2 that you do, Jeremy. Like, I... And the same way that you feel about Ant-Man. I've, and I also liked Ant-Man. Like, yeah. had a really good time watching those movies. <clears throat> but they're not... It's not something that I walked out of a theater and continued to think about for yeah. a long time. Yeah. We'll be thinking about Sorry to Bother You for some time. Yeah. I mean, I've sure. Hereditary for a while, too. Like, we're definitely getting good stuff this year. Yeah. Which brings me to my next point of conversation. Uh, we hit the middle of the year mark. I have not preemptively... I was wondering if you were going to do this. I have not preemptively uh, asked you guys what your opinions on this matter is, but where do we... If we can get, like, a, a top four to five... Movies of 2018. Where are we at, boys? Boy. Off the top of your dome, don't hold yourselves to it too hard, but like try and I think try I've and only give me seen something. five movies. It's funny or, that you're order asking, them in a list. It's funny <laughs> that you're asking no, me that right now. One Fallen Kingdom on there. <laughs> I I uh, was just thinking about that before. I was like, ah, it's July now. We're like more than midway through the I year. About it too, because sorry, I wonder if we should talk about like, our favorite movies so far this year. Yeah. So I guess I can go. Let me. I'm trying to think of all the shit we've seen. See, what I like to do is that when I really enjoy a movie, I write, write, I write, I write it down on a list. I usually uh, record a podcast about it, so yeah, that just check helps. that. That helps. I'm gonna go on the story screen, uh, the feed. Uh, yeah, take a look at what we've, what <laughs> we've recorded what this year. Um, I'll say I obviously really loved Hereditary. Yeah. Um, Isle of Dogs. I really really yep. liked. Um. I really, really liked um, Endless. I loved Hereditary. And I really liked Sorry to Bother You. And I really loved Won't You Be My Neighbor. I've not seen that yet. Yes. I feel like my list would be pretty similar. I I think Sorry to Bother You might be my... It's like between that and like Isle of Dogs. Uh, really? Besides, besides this movie, um, I I really loved Hereditary. I really loved Annihilation. Oh yeah, Annihilation that's what I was gonna cool. say. I think the thing, my like, the thing is, you should give Annihilation another watch. I think I should give it another watch. I agree with you because like I left it just being like, I just want this to be better. I, I I I yeah, I was I had really really high hopes for Annihilation and I enjoyed it, but it's cool. It did not quite like it. Did, 
there was just something it hit all the right notes for me yeah, yeah. same i wish it did for me it just did not quite um i think black panther is gonna be up there for yeah. me just because like it's just such out of we got a lot of superhero movies this year but i think and like just big like blockbuster uh movies that come from the house of mouse but i do think that black panther stands tall yeah definitely it's just like this is really like one of the strongest movies of 2018 and like really like the strongest out of that bunch if any more fucking cool as fuck i like, i also i also really i also really enjoyed the death of stalin i've not seen I that seen i hear that. that's really yeah. good the death of stalin is fun. very very good and very yeah. funny uh, um different I, different brand of comedy than sorry to bother you is but mm-hmm. but also very good it's by um armando uh ianucci i think that's how you pronounce it. it's the guy who does veep uh, oh yeah yeah that's yeah. great and I yeah, he you. it's it's a great it's it's a great political political comedy mm-hmm. um, where all these Russian leaders are all played by American and British actors. That's it's fun. like Steve Buscemi and Patty Considine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. I'll I have to check that out. I saw um, Infinity Baby, which came out on streaming this year. Didn't like it that much. Oh. It was a bummer. You were excited for that. One. There's there's some there's some movies that like came out that I missed, yeah. like. Uh, like thoroughbreds and oh, yeah. uh, you are never really here. That's one I want to see. You are never as really well. here is 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 cool. That's I keep forgetting about that movie. Maybe we'll include any great content for it. Yeah, but it's um, good. Very 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 excited for Mandy. Mandy looks cool. this looks phenomenal. I want to focus on. Let's focus on like what we have seen. Though. Right. And sure. this, this is like yeah. a general. So instead of like maybe making a list, this is our general just like. 2018 top movie watch. Some shit we liked. It's yeah. so hard. Yeah. It's so hard to put movies in front of each other. Um, yeah, but it, get ready because you're gonna have to do it now that you're yeah. recording podcasts. Yeah, now that you're on team. So end screen, of the year, we'll make, you're gonna we'll have to do list. it. So. So, so it's not really in any order. But the the first three movies that I really liked this year was this movie. Sorry to bother you. Yes, Annihilation. Okay, and Hereditary. Those are the, those are the solid three, list. Those list. are the three movies that like I saw and I. Never gonna stop thinking about them. Yeah, and then after that, I would probably say Black Panther and Infinity War. I watched Black Panther again the other day, and I was just like, "This movie is so like film school tight. It's, yeah. it's yeah. like so good. There's not a definitely better action. audio than most film school. <laughs> yeah, definitely better audio, but maybe on par CGI. Ooh. Sorry, Ryan Cooler. I'm gonna throw it at you. Oh, man. Throw it at you. You gotta you know go and dunk up. on him like that. Have you, have you seen? Up. Like he got, he's got Michael B. Jordan's back pocket. He will send him after you. That's true. have you seen how ripped? Do you see that Michael, Creed Two trailer? Michael B. Jordan could flick me like an ant, <laughs> and my head would explode. <laughs> uh, I think for me, if I had to boil it down, I feel like it's sorry to bother you. Um. Isle of Dogs and Black Panther, but you know, I think going beyond my top three, it's like I really like Incredibles too because I just think it's really fun. And and I watched the the first movie the same like week that I watched the second one, not for the first time. I seen the first one before, but I got like a refresher on it. And I really enjoyed it. But um, I want to watch those back to back so I can get a better. I think impression. it makes I think it makes it better. I yeah. think that's why I enjoyed it yeah. so much is because I watched them kind of sequentially like that. Um. And uh, Hereditary is a movie that hurt me yeah. very badly, but I it's another movie I think about a lot. It and stuck like, with you. It stuck with You've me. You've got a scar. Know? So like, I wouldn't be surprised if I was just like, if we had to do a top 10 list. When we do do a top 10 list at the end of the year, I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. We're just put it on it's there. So, it's so hard to do that because there's just so many different genres. Absolutely. And like, what, what can you put over the other? I mean, I think, I think some of us are getting pretty good at it because 
2017 was one of the hardest years to like, you know, sculpture, oh, yeah. sculpture list. He, yeah, I had to make some deep and rough cuts. I think Burge lost his mind for like a day. Like he was just like, uh, he lost his mind for like a month. Yeah, dude. he went crazy. I I can relate. I had a hard that's why you do, you don't day. number him. Just like. Just put them. I like numbers. Yeah, I, like I numbers. guess. Two weeks on is your list. You the know? way I prefer to go about it is sit down and and just be like, what five to ten movies can I think of that really were important to me, like off the top of my head, yeah. without looking at a list of movies yeah. that came out. Like, what are the ones that stuck with me at the end of the year mm-hmm. that I'm still thinking about? Which sometimes leads you to forget about some of the earlier ones. But I forgot Black Panther came out this year until we we're talking about it just now. Well, it's, it's like, been okay. it's been like a. a uh, a ten thousand day long year so far. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah, think I, think, um, I forgot that Annihilation came out this year. So I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We had a few. We had a strong. This year's been a little like tempered because we had like some strong stuff in like February, and then like we had some droughts. We had some droughts. Like Isle of Dogs was like the March movie. Yeah. Pretty mm. much, and then um, I'm kind of hard pressed to think of like other stuff for a minute. You can even look at like you know our podcast. Feed compared to last year is a little bit more diverse with older stuff. And yeah, there's over some more. There's some more over drinkers taking over. Yeah, uh, to just because you know, there's like not just so many hot takes to do, but it's been a good the year hurricane overall. heist that came out this Yo. year. Don't forget about that. <laughs> That's my number one movie of the year. <laughs> Fuck everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think this has been a very uh, productive power. Before we end, and since we're already in tangent land, mm-hmm. can we, Jeremy, and maybe Brian also? Can we vent a little bit about those Emmy nominations? I, I guess. Uh, like, are you talking about <laughs> Twin Peaks specifically? I'm talking about how Kyle McLaughlin is. He won I can't in even my like heart. phrase. He won in my heart. I can't already. even phrase how upset I am that Kyle McLaughlin did not get a lead actor nod from the Emmys. You know, what the fuck? You know what's funny? He did in '91 for the original series. Okay, but like this is. Yeah, I know. Of he course, he yes, went he like, went fully next level. This with, is like with, some next level just acting period mm-hmm. shit. You're absolutely right, but you know, I I don't really put too much stock in the Emmys. Yeah, which, which I mean fun. that's I mean, like, the, Oscars, the art like, the art speaks for itself. Come yeah. on, I'm more I'm more happy that it's that show is actually being recognized in the, in the Emmys at all because it does because it has like nine nominations. I think yeah. that Colin McLaughlin definitely has the best acting role. Of this year, it's especially like I don't want to throw any other nominees under the bus, but yeah. like some of those nominees that are that are not just in like the drama lead roles, but some of the other acting nominees are just like you're just going with the popular vote here. Like yeah. this is yeah. some like that well, person does I, not I, I'm, deserve I'm, an acting I'm, nomination. I'm happy that David Lynch got a directing nomination. Sure, and I'm glad that David Lynch and Mark Frost got writing nominations and cinematography and cinematography, well. especially design. like for like a lot of those um, technical awards were for part eight. Yeah, which they it definitely deserve. Which so. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit just doesn't happen on television. No, no. it doesn't. That. Twin Peaks and Sorry to Bother You are very similar in the fact that, like, I can't believe they exist. And yeah. I'm so glad I'm they exist. I'm so happy that they I'm exist. I'm very curious to see, in, in terms of, like, talk of the even bigger award ceremony, like, if something like Sorry to Bother You will end up on, like, an Oscar nominee list. Maybe a screenplay nomination. That's Maybe comedy? Thing. Yeah. I mean, like, I was already surprised yeah. that Get Out made it and got anything. And they are doing genres now, so I think, curious to see. well, the Golden Globes I, does genres. I was going to say, I would not be surprised to see it in Golden Globes. But Oscars doesn't really do comedy. Well, I think they, they're, they're starting to do genres now. 
I feel like I read no, that. No, they're starting to nominate genre movies, but oh. they don't have explicit different categories for Whoa. genre. Like Golden Globes has comedy yeah. or musical and also and then drama as two different not like awards. I feel like this movie like the I'm sure the screenplay was really strong and original, but I think it's the direction that is mm-hmm. what shines out of the movie. I mean, you know? you know, Shape of Water won Best Picture last year. Like, fucking anything is open now. now. Yeah, that movie's fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, you guys will get all your it's shit. It's good, out of but it, it's you know about fucking a fish man. Like the Oscars clearly are broadening their horizons. A little bit. Yeah, they're getting into the weird porn. All right, guys, thank you again so much for listening to this episode of Hot Takes. Uh, we're not the only podcast on StoryScreen. There are many other podcast articles and the like that you can find on StoryScreenBeacon.com. You can find our uh, podcasts, including Kathy Raycast, which talks about TV and is hosted by Bernadette Gorman-White. We also have Overdrinkers, which is uh, hosted by founder and programmer Mike Burge, where he talks about movies old and new and just gets really drunk and, and tricks you into saying weird things, as he does. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys can agree it's with happened. that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can also follow us on, you can find us on Facebook. You can follow us on, give it to me, Jack. Story underscore screen underscore beacon on Instagram and story underscore screen on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, go on our website, storiesandbeacon.com. Buy a fucking t-shirt. And some keychains. Just do it. Just do it. And coffee mugs soon, And coffee too. mugs. Do we have coffee mugs now? Yeah. Soon we will. Have cool. you always wanted to drink your coffee out of a mug and you never had a mug before? Now's your chance to get one. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, go see this movie. Elton go see this movie. Please see this movie. If you didn't already see it again. Yeah. If, you know. Anyone have any plugs you want to make before uh, I wrap up? I'm pretty cool. You're good? All right. So, Jeremy. That's cool. my plug. Uh, I think the rest of these. But Brian, you're cool. Jeremy Cool Jetski. All right. Hey. Jack, Jack, you're a cool boy as well. I'm actually very warm. I can't wait to turn the AC back yeah, on at the end of this podcast. I'm Robbie Anderson. I hosted this shit today. I'm also cool. Thank you again so much for listening. And we'll be back next time with more spicy. Probably eighth grade next. Yeah. What is that getting wide release? Soon? Next week. Next I week, think. I think. Yay. All right. We'll be back with eighth grade, probably. Not to date this podcast, which we did when we made it. Bye. They know when this movie came out. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs>